I love how God works sometimes. For those of us who have been around Trinity for a while, I know we've, we've marveled at times how God has, has prepared us for certain things. Even some tragedies before we knew we needed it. How he's, he's planned and given us what we need right at, at just the right moment. And, and I think today's one of those days. We're in this uh, sermon series we started a few weeks ago called Lured. And the idea is, is that the lures, the temptations that the devil puts in front of us, just like a fisherman with a lure that looks so attracting, so appetizing, the devil just wants us to bite down hard. This series has been planned for months. And today as we look at the lure of peer pressure, I think there's going to be some things that we need to hear just right now today. Let's begin. When we talk about peer pressure, and here we're looking at the first reading I read a few minutes ago, Exodus 32. You have to understand that nothing happens in a vacuum. And if you're filling the blank, that, that's the, the fill in there. You know, anytime you're reading the Bible, you, you really need to look at the greater context to, to understand what you're reading. And that is definitely true of Exodus chapter 32. You need to know what's come beforehand because that really helps you understand what we're focusing on today. So, so let's take a look at the greater context here. From the book of Exodus. Exodus means leaving or going out. Um, God's children, the children of Israel, were, were slaves in Egypt. Horrible, horrendous life. And God sent Moses to them to lead them out, to have an exodus out of that life. And, and he did it with miracles and, and ended with a spectacular thing. God had water deny the laws of physics with that Red Sea. There, there's a wall of water on one side, a wall of water on the other, and the Israelites pass on, on dry ground. Absolutely amazing. And, and then Moses led the, the Israelites crowd of well over a million people down to this mountain, Mount Sinai it's called. And there, God visibly showed his presence at the top of the mountain in, in clouds and in thunder and lightning and power. Now, we, we don't know exactly where Mount Sinai is. Um, th this is a picture of where some people think it is. And uh, the, the furthest right mountain ridge, the, the, right, the red lettering there, that's what people say is Mount, Zion, Mount Sinai. And, and at the foot of that um, is where they say that the golden calf happened. Now, maybe it happened here, maybe it's somewhere else, but this gives you a, a visual of what it might have looked like. And, and like I said, on top of that mountain is, is the visible presence, the glory of God. And Moses goes up the mountain. And God talks to him. And Moses comes down and tells the people what God said. And the people, they, they consecrate themselves. They, they set themselves aside and they say, we will follow the Lord. 
And that's what uh, Exodus 19, verse 7 says, that the people agreed, we will follow the Lord. And then Exodus 20 is when Moses goes up again. He, he gets the Ten Commandments and comes down and shares it with the people. That's Exodus 20. Now, it's interesting, at the end of that chapter, it says this, God speaking, do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gods of gold. And the people all agreed, this is good, we will follow, we will obey. That's uh, 24 verse 7. They will obey. And so, once again, Moses goes up the mountain, but this time he takes some with him. He takes his brother Aaron and some of the other leaders, and that's in 24 verse 9. And they are there in the presence of God. And then they come down. And once again, Moses goes up. But this time, it's for 40 days. And for those 40 days, God is giving Moses instructions about the worship life of the people, about the tabernacle, all the instructions for constructing it, and all of that. And that leads us up to what we're focusing on today. These 40 days of Moses being up on the mountain, it brought a lot of pressure. Now, pressure can come from without, it can come from within. Both happened for Aaron. Exodus 34 said, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, uh, make us gods who will go up before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. The pressure was coming from others. We don't know how many was this group of people that came to Aaron, but it, it was forceful. And sometimes peer pressure is just that. It is very direct. It can be the, the pressure that, that a boyfriend puts on his girlfriend to, to go too far. It can be a coworker who is doing something unethical, but putting the pressure on you to do the same, otherwise he'll get in trouble. Peer pressure can come from others, but when it is the most powerful is when it also comes from within. Exodus 32 continues. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you out, out of Egypt. That peer pressure, the most powerful one, is also coming from within. That, that desire to, um, to make everyone happy. That desire to, to not get in trouble, desire not to make people angry. And for Aaron, he felt that. Moses had left him in charge. He didn't know what to do. He didn't want to fail. He didn't want to mess all this up. So he had them bring in their gold. He, he made this golden calf. And you, you wonder why a, a, a calf? Well, remember where they had just come from? Egypt? One of the Egyptians' gods was in the form of a young bull. Apis, it looks like this. So you kind of get an idea of what this 
golden calf that Aaron made it look like. The pressure from without and within what was on Aaron, and, well, it brought responses, it brought reactions. The people, they were all in. Exodus 32. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Um, revelry? Nice way of talking about some pretty nasty sexual things. These people, they were all in. They loved it. They they wanted this. Well, that brought a reaction from God, too. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I'll make you into a great nation. God had had enough. He had done all these things for them. They agreed to follow him, to obey, and now they were doing this? They could see his presence on the top of the mountain, and they were bowing down to this idol. He had had enough. Well, that brought a reaction from Moses. Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought up out of Egypt with a great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, it is with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses, he stepped up. And he spoke up for the people. And notice what he did. He, he reminded God of his promises. God had promised Abraham, Isaac, Jacob that he would make them a great nation. That he, he promised his love, his protection, that they would be blessed eternally. Moses went to God's promises. I'm going to come back to that. But for right now, what are the pressures that are on you? You know, we all understand peer pressure. We've seen it. We've experienced it. The power that it has. But maybe to, to, to put this into a spiritual light, Let's define peer pressure this way. Making what others think and do 
your idol. An idol just isn't something that you can bow down to like this golden calf. An idol is also something that, something that, that, that guides your life, something that you look towards, something that, that dictates your actions. Um, and so peer pressure is making what others think or others do your idol. It's what Peter did, right? He was so afraid of what others would say that, that he denied knowing Jesus three times. So, what pressure is on you? Is it a pressure to, um, to put on a face that everything's going fine? even though it's a disaster at home? Is it a pressure to, um, off at college, to, to be involved with all the parties and get into all of that? Is it a pressure in, in high school to do all the AP classes, do all the sports, go on travel sports, to, to, to get it looking so good so you can go off to college? Is it the pressure because you're single to... to to find somebody to, to, to marry? Is it the pressure for moms? That, that, that you have it all together, that you have all the answers? Is it the pressure for your teenagers to, to get involved with the alcohol or, or the drugs or sexting? Is it political pressures? What are, what are the pressures on you right now? see, so, so often, we give in to that pressure. And we make it our idol. But that's why we have Jesus as our mediator. Isn't it interesting? You look at what Moses did and it, it reminds you of Jesus. Moses spoke up for the people. Th that's what Jesus did. Except he didn't just speak up for us. More than Moses, Jesus actually took our place. There are any number of times when Jesus was faced with pressure, peer pressure from the outside. Even his own disciples. They didn't want him to talk about uh, sacrifice, about death, going to the cross, but that didn't stop Jesus. He went to the cross. And on the cross, He gave His life for all the times we, we give in to the pressures from without and from within. He died for our forgiveness. And so, like Moses, Jesus now is, is our mediator. So when we give in to the pressures, Jesus is there saying to His Father, Father, forgive them. When we give in to this pressure, he says, Father, forgive them. When, when we worry, when, when we give in to this pressure, he is there saying, Father, forgive them. And he keeps on doing that every day until we are at his side with him in heaven.
That's who Jesus is. He is our, our mediator. So, when the pressure is on, what do you do? Do what Moses did. Go to God's promises. Let's be honest. The devil's been throwing down a lure in front of us, a pretty strong one this last week, right? The, the lure of, of worry, of despair, it's been powerful. So what do we do with that dangling right in front of us? Do what Moses did. You go to God's promises. And we have so many of them. Like this. Cast all your anxiety on Him. Because He cares for you. Or this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's this. So, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And this, be still. And know that I am God. And Jesus said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And there are so many more we could look at, right? When there's pressure, when the devil's lure is right there in front of you, go to God's promises. It's interesting. Um, do you know Martin Luther face a similar situation to what we're going through. Except for him, it was the Black Plague. In 1527, ten years after he nailed those 95 theses, the Black Plague was going through Germany and, and it actually came to Wittenberg where Luther was to such a degree that um, they moved the University of Wittenberg to a completely different town. <coughs> Professors, students, everyone. And the thing is, though, Luther was not just a professor in the university. He was also a local pastor. So he stayed behind. This is what he said about that time. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed, 
in order to not in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence if god should wish to take me he will surely find me and i have done what he has expected of me and so i am not responsible for either my own or the death of others if my neighbor needs me however i shall not avoid place or person but will go freely as stated above see this is such a god-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt god so so what do we do when the lure is there for peer pressure when the lure is there to to worry and and despair it you go to god's promises each one of these uh, sermons in this lord series i've ended almost the same way saying that when you're lord see jesus when the devil drops his lure of temptation of peer pressure of worry see jesus jesus who who defeated the devil jesus who conquered death itself jesus who is our mediator Jesus who gives us promise after promise after promise. My friends, when you are lured, see Jesus and his promises. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, when Satan drops those lures in front of us, Lord, may we um not be influenced by them but rather by you and your word may that be the influence in our lives may we see you and your promises and and lord when we do give in when we bite lord we know you are at your father's side mediating for us every single day lord thank you for that may that move us all the more then to fight and, and to swim away from the devil's temptations lord right now in this uh, state of things may we not fear but cling to your promises now and always to your glory amen